Chapter 13 We flew until the last glimmers of sunlight sank behind the horizon and darkness stained the sky. My brothers landed before a cave mortared into the mountains, marked by a narrow ledge under a canopy of branches and leaves. Moonlight crept over the forest, and as it touched my brothers' crimson crowns, one by one they became human again. It was not an elegant transformation. I waited in a corner, biting down on my lip as my brothers' limbs stretched and their muscles strained until all six crumpled in a heap breathing as though each gasped for their last, but when they finally rose, the tears I'd held back for all these months welled in my eyes, tears of joy and wonder and relief that we were together again. An embrace came from every direction, and my brothers began talking at once. Where have you been? We've been looking for you for months. We would never have recognized you, sister. Thank the great gods your little bird screeches like a crow. But one question rang louder than the others. What is that on? What is that bowl on your head? And a high shushed everyone with a clap. Enough, brothers. I know we're all excited to see Shiori again, and relieved that she's alive and well. But maybe we should give her a chance to speak. At that, I lowered my head sadly. What's the matter, sister? Hasho asked. In the two months since I'd seen him, his hair had grown noticeably longer, as it had with my other brothers. Badly shaven beards sprouted from their chins and cheeks, and mysterious scrapes peeked out from their torn sleeves and pants. There were other changes, too, less obvious ones, like the shadows clinging to their broadened frames, the glassy hollowness in their eyes, as if their timeless cranes were chipping away at their humanity day by day. I couldn't evade telling them about my curse any longer. I tapped my throat, then shook my head. What's the matter, Shiori? You, you can't speak? It wasn't that I couldn't speak. I must not speak. But none of my brothers understood, and I didn't know how to explain. Even as I tried, they weren't paying attention. They were exchanging looks with one another. Looks that I could not read. Reiji grunted, his expression darkening. He was the only one who had not welcomed me back. Rekama thought of everything, Ben Kai murmured. What about that bowl on your head? Is that also our stepmother's mark? Wande approached, his head tilted methodically. Surely there has to be a way to take it off. He tried pulling it, gently at first, then with more strength. It won't budge. Let me try, Yotan said, coming up behind his twin to try to yank it off. He scratched the mole on his chin, puzzled. Have you tried cutting it? I exaggerated a nod, dipped the bowl low. I tried everything, every knife in Mrs. Danon's kitchen, and every tool I came across while in Tiani village. The bowl was indestructible. Kiki chose that moment to fly out from behind my hair. Her pale wings flapped crisply, newly dry after her encounter with the waterfall, and my brothers backed away, all except Hasho. Kiki landed on his raised hand, resting on the curve of his thumb. She remembered my youngest brother, the only one who had known my secret. Good to see you, Kiki, Hasho said politely. I hope you've been keeping Shiori out of mischief these last two months. My brothers had seen Kiki the day our stepmother cursed us all, but they'd never gotten a chance to ask me about her. She has no string, Wande marveled. I'm not a kite, Kiki said dryly, though my brother couldn't hear. Reiji's eyes narrowed with distrust. He put on his usual grimace. It's magic. Of course it's magic, said Hasho. There was a warning in his tone. Don't, Reiji. We've been through this before. I frowned at my brothers. What was going on? Been through what? Magic is forbidden, argued Reiji. This, this paper bird is trouble. I'll show him trouble. Kiki nipped his nose. Reiji lunged to catch her, but Kiki was too fast, shooting up and quickly returning to my shoulder. It's your fault we're cursed, Reiji accused me, his nostrils flaring with resentment. If you hadn't angered Reikama, then we would still be at home, still be princes, not forced to spend all our days as birds, he gestured spitefully as bruises and ragged clothes. So you'd rather we never found out that father married a demon, Yotan spluttered? What good came of it? We didn't get a chance to tell him. Now he's alone, with her, and we can't even protect him. My heart sank. Countless nights I had lain awake, blaming myself for what had happened. I didn't regret following Rikama and learning what she really was. But what if I had run to father first and not my brothers? 
What if I had been more careful and listened to Kiki and not gotten caught? What if I had never agreed to learn magic from Saryu? I could have done a hundred things differently, but it was too late now. I retreated to the corner, hoping to disappear among the shadows. My brother's still arguing, barely noticed. You think our sister is a demon like our stepmother? Yotan exclaimed, You must be more bird than man, Reiji, for your wits to be so scrambled. Father forbade magic for a reason, Reiji said tightly. Our ancestors forbade magic for a reason. So you would have our sister banished? asked Hasho. I would have her tell father the truth instead of getting us all cursed. Enough, and Ahai raised a hand to stop the arguments. In the past, that was all it took for my brothers to listen, but Reiji still sizzled with anger. Enough, Reiji, and Ahai warned. Shiori has returned to us, and we go forward together, understood? When Reiji finally nodded, my, other, my eldest brother exhaled. Hey, Hasho found me in the corner, and he took my damp cloak, hanging it up and exchanging it for a thin blanket, which he wrapped around my shoulders. Come outside, he said. Let Reiji calm down. We stepped out onto the ledge, and I sucked in the brisk air. Trees rustled below, and crickets chirped against the howling wind. Stars simmered in the evening sky, but I could no longer see the moon. We missed you, Shiori, said Hasho. Reiji, too, though you must be patient with him. The curse has been difficult, especially on him. He knows you did the right thing. He's just taking longer than the rest of us to accept it. I looked up at my younger brother. His eyes were the same gentle ones I had always known, yet now there was a sadness that wasn't there before. Seeing it made my heart sit heavier in my chest. Hasho's shoulder brushed against mine. Perhaps there is some good to come of this curse. The six of us are learning to work together. Now that we've found you, it'll only be a matter of time before we defeat Raikama. He gave me half a smile. We must stay together if we are to break her enchantment. Hasho and I returned to the cave, and the first thing I did was seek out Reiji. He loitered by the hearth, watching lotus root and chestnuts boil. When he saw me, he started to turn away. I didn't let his attitude dishearten me. I approached his side, waiting until little by little his shoulders, tight with tension, relaxed. Reiji released a quiet sigh. I would never want father to banish you, sister, he said, whether or not you have magic. It wasn't an apology, but it was enough for now. I touched his hand, showing that I understood. Hasha broke between us with a smile. Come, let us celebrate your return. We don't have much by way of food. He gestured at the paltry supplies in the back of the cave, a sack of bruised oranges, a smattering of chestnuts, and a set of broken clay cups. But beginning tomorrow, we'll have to double our efforts, knowing your hearty appetite. Already my stomach was grumbling, but the stew boiling in the pot wasn't finished cooking, and I had questions. I pointed at their arms and legs, then at the moon outside. You turn into men at night, I asked, mouthing the question that had been nagging at me since their transformation. I'd been worried they were cranes forever. Ben Kai was the one who answered. Yes, but it isn't the consolation you might think, Shiori. Our minds are sharper than most cranes, but the days blur together when you're a bird, and we don't always remember that we'll transform at dusk. It's especially dangerous when we're flying. Several times we've almost fallen out, fallen out of the sky. His voice trailed, and he folded his long arms over his legs. But when we're your men, you can try going home. I drew the character for men and home on my hand. Father will. Father won't recognize us. No one does. The curse follows us even when we are men. If we try to give any indication of who we really are, we turn back into cranes. The curse followed me, too. I tried to write my name to that sentinel, but Raycama's snakes warned me away. We have no hope of reaching father, said Andahai grimly. The nearer we are to home, the more powerful our stepmother's enchantment becomes. Even if the moon is risen, we won't turn back into men. My brother's tone darkened. What's more, Raycama has ordered the guards to shoot any cranes that venture too close to the palace. Yotan was nearly killed the last time, Reiji said, his jaw tightening. He took an arrow to his wing. Remorse rushed over me, and my arms wilted to my sides. 
Don't worry about it, Yotan said quickly. It was weeks ago, and I'm already much better. Hasho pushed a bowl of food into my hands. Eat. It always lifts your spirits. Yes, let us celebrate our reunion tonight, said Arendahai. Now that you're back, we won't have to suffer Hasho's cooking anymore. My youngest brother made a face. I'll be glad to relinquish the task to you, Shiori. You'll finally have your wish of learning to cook. Digging into my bowl, I nodded mutely. My brothers had no idea I'd spent half of autumn toiling at Sparrow Inn. I've changed so much since we were last together. Even in the few hours since our reunion, I could tell the same was true of them. Dinner was a boiled stew of whatever my brothers had in the back. The lotus root and chestnuts and some unappetizing brown pieces of meat I could not identify. The skin was slippery and tough. If I hadn't been so famished, I probably would have spat it out. But the meat itself wasn't bad, somewhere between a bird and a fish. Frog, Yotan said bluntly as I struggled to chew. He grinned. We thought you'd prefer it to worms and spiders. I forced to swallow. Tasty. I lied with a smile. As we ate, Kiki buzzed from brother to brother. She'd already charmed the twins, and once or twice I observed Reiji's grimace fading. Those glow quickly returned when he realized I was looking. Only Andahai sat alone, rolling an orange in his hands. He had hardly eaten. What is it, I motioned. It wasn't like him to be so melancholy. It's nothing, Ben Kai answered for him, but I caught my oldest brother's exchanging a glance. I started to look for a stick to write with in the dirt when Ben Kai touched my shoulder. He simply relieved your back. I glanced at Andahai. It had been years since I had seen my oldest brother in anything but his princely silks. He was the crown prince, heir to father's kingdom, the brother who bore the responsibility of our entire country, the one who protected us and listened to us, who mediated our arguments and tended our injuries. For the first time in a long time, he looked like my brother at first and the crown prince second, aggrieved that he couldn't do anything to save us from Rikama's curse. I brought my bowl and sat with him. The curse, I gestured, making my hands into wings. I want to hear more. Not tonight, Ben Kai said, ever wise. Tonight we celebrate. All right, Shiori. Our stepmother has, has wrought enough sorrow. We cannot let her shadow darken our precious hours of light. Not another word about the curse. Not another word. Easier done than they thought. As always, it was Hasha who soothed me. He scooted close, offering me half his food, which I refused to take until he scooped it into my bowl. We spent weeks preparing this cave for you, Shiori, he said quietly. We hoped more than anything to find you. And now we have. Now you have, I echoed. I dreamt of this moment for so many weeks, of how happy I'd have when my brothers and I were reunited. Now that it had last arrived, I couldn't celebrate. Smiles flashed at me, wooden sticks clanged rhythmically against the flat stones my brothers were using as plates, and Yotan made waffling sounds on a flute he had fashioned. But as I mustered a smile, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. My brothers were hiding a secret, one they were afraid to tell me. If only they knew I felt the same way. I pursed my lips tight, holding in my curse. Whatever their secret was, I knew mine was worse. The night passed quickly. I didn't remember falling asleep, but my brothers' movements woke me. They were tiptoeing to the mouth of the cave, with roughly made pouches slung around their necks. I sprang after them. You're leaving? Dawn is nearly here, Hasho explained. We'll be gone until sundown to find you something to write with and to scout for news. Stay here and don't wander too far. I grabbed Hasho's sleeve. Take me with you. We'll be faster without her, said Anda High when my younger brother hesitated. Hasho made an apologetic grimace. Wait for us. We'll take tonight. The sun peeked over the horizon. As soon as the light touched their skin, they began to turn, their human eyes blackened into beady cranes' eyes, and their flesh bristled with feathers. Finally, their arms lengthened into wings, and their shouts of, Until tonight, Shiori, were replaced by the cries and trumpets of cranes. I ran after them out of the cave, watching my brothers leap off the edge into the sky. Once they were gone, I kicked the dirt, angry to be left behind. Kiki landed on my shoulder. She suppressed a yawn. Is this going to be a daily tradition? 
I could have used a few more hours of rest without all that squawking. I gave her a wry smile. You slept the entire night. Nearly dying will do that to you. She shrugged a wing. Kiki never ceased to surprise me with how alive she was. You didn't want to go with them? They wouldn't let me. They said to sit still and get some rest. That we'd talk tonight. I kicked at the dirt again. Only rocks considering sitting still a virtue. Demons take me before I called at one of mine. I grew bored after an hour. My brothers had created a small but practical living space in the cave. A hearth in the center lined with stones. One day's work, I guessed. And a meager stash of firewood. A mostly empty stack of rice along with the broken pot we'd used last night to boil chestnuts. There was even a book or two. The pages yellowed and weather-worn. But the last thing I wanted to do was read. I practiced throwing the sentinel's dagger at a plank of wood. Only a few throws landed successfully, but I wasn't deterred. It helped to imagine Rikama's face as my target. By mid-morning, I was restless. I'm going for a walk, I announced to Kiki. Your brothers told you not to wander too far. It's not wandering if I know how to get home. We weren't as high up in the mountains as I'd originally thought. The ledge was narrow, but there was a path downhill. While I descended, I kept one eye on my footing and one eye on the view below. The forest unfolding crossed the horizon, and there was no village or town in sight. Only the Bayoun River. If I recalled my geography lessons correctly, wherever my brothers had gone, it had to be quite a distance. The river's waters were calm, and I wished I hadn't lost my little boat, especially the fishing net inside. If my brothers were going to make a habit of leaving me behind, I could have at least caught some trout or carp for dinner. It'd be better than the frog stew Hasho had made. Kneeling, I tested the water, stifling a gasp at how cold it was. Ripples danced from my fingertips, and as the water cleared, I faced my reflection. It wasn't the first time I'd seen myself since Rekama had cursed me, but every time I recognized myself a little less. Even with the bowl on my head, I could tell I looked older. My mouth didn't curve as easily as it once did, and my shoulders were broader, hardened by months of labor. No longer was I the girl who rolled her eyes at her brothers or squealed over rice cakes and sugared animals on sticks. Now I carried a dagger everywhere, even in my dreams. I took off my shoes and stepped into the river, digging my toes into the mud. Sarah, you, I called in my mind and waited. I waited until the cold numbed my ankles and a fish came up to nibble on my toes. Kiki flew circles around me, teasing the fish until one nearly nipped her wing off. I tried again. Sarah, you. Silence. What was I expecting? For the dragon to burst forth the moment I called his name? Sarah, you was deep in the middle of the Taijin Sea, probably lolling about in a palace carved of pearl and shell. He'd warned me he wouldn't return until spring. Feeling foolish, I turned back for the cave, almost wishing I had never left. My brothers returned with beakfuls of fish and a basket overflowing with lettuce, tangerines, and a half-eaten steamed buns. No paper or brush or ink, but they'd brought me new clothes, a cloak, a pair of mismatched socks, and gloves for the harsh winter ahead. I gaped at them, gesturing at their own ragged clothes. Hasho shrugged. No one sees us at night. No one sees me in the day, either, I thought. I'd been waiting all day for their return, anxious for my questions to be answered. Without a brush and ink, I settled for a more inventive way of communicating— I threw water over a patch of dirt and smoothed out the mud. I hadn't written in months, and my hand shook as I pressed the tip of my dagger into the damp earth. Take me home? The guards won't shoot me. At the question, my brother's smiles faded. It's not so simple, sister. My brow nodded with confusion. What wasn't simple? We were together again. Finally, after nearly all of autumn, autumn apart, they could fly, meaning we could easily reach the palace in a matter of days. Why were they so reluctant? Our stepmother has made things a bit more difficult for us. For one... Father wouldn't recognize us, even if we were right, were right in front of him in our human form. Bile rose to my throat. That dream I'd had of my stepmother's glowing eyes piercing into father's. Had that been real? How do we defeat her? Is there a way to break her enchantment? 
Yes, but it won't be easy, and I replied, rubbing his narrow chin. Every day these last two months we searched for you. We had no idea where Rayama had sent you. We split up and traveled to Alandi and Agoria, even to Balar. We didn't find you, Ben Kai said, taking over the story, but we did meet an enchanter. He said that the only way to break our curse is to take away our stepmother's magic. I would have snorted if I could. That wasn't helpful. How? And I hesitated, which worried me. My oldest brother was never at a loss for words, but he was nervous now, made me nervous. He straightened, but the way his eyes darted at the others made my gut sink. I had a feeling I wasn't going to like his next words. It appears that Rekama is in possession of a dragon pearl, he said slowly, and you, Shiori, will have to steal it.